0: Well, good morning, Redeemer. Good morning, Redeemer. Happy Mother's Day. You know, I love Mother's Day. I love celebrating my own mother who's tuning in, Johan. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. Um, She hopes to maybe come be with us in Texas sometime in the fall or the new year. Uh, I love celebrating all of you mothers. My wife is a great mother and grandmother. I love two of my daughters who are mothers. But you know, I also like it because people come to church on Mother's Day, so... There's that, Um, you know, but I like it also because Mother's Day almost always overlaps with the season of Easter, and we're still in Easter, and we're mashing together these things today, our moms, our graduates, with the hope of Easter, and here's a story that's really an Easter story for moms and their families. This is an Easter for mom. It's a prequel to the real Easter, but it has so much Easter in it. This is Luke, our last... Sort of visit with Luke around Easter, Luke 7, beginning in verse 11. Hear the Gospel of the resurrection of Christ. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples in a great crowd went with him. As he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a considerable crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came up and touched the bier, and the bearers stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear. Seized them all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people. And this report about him spread through the whole of Judea and all the surrounding country. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Oh, Heavenly Father, on this Mother's Day, we are so thankful for our earthly mothers, And yet, however great they are, or however close we have been to them, or not, our mothers reveal to us our need for an even greater care, a deeper nurture, a better protection, a love that will last longer than the best of them could ever give to us. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for loving us closer and stronger and longer than the best mother on earth ever could. Even if our mothers were to forget us, you will not. You comfort us as a tender mother. You care for us. Thank you, O Lord. Would you come, dear Jesus, today to the mothers here and to all of us? Give us a fresh expression, a fresh experience of your Easter love today in all the places where death is near. Come to us move with compassion toward us, touch us in our dead places, and lift us up, Lord Christ. Stop death in its tracks today, and give us your life. We pray it all in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Well, happy Mother's Day to all. You know, in my church growing up, Lakeside Baptist Church in Lakeland, Florida, in the 60s and 70s, the pastor was this loving, kind man, Cornelius Davis, and, and he would always wanna honor all the mothers, and he would start by honoring the oldest mother, there. I just I don't know how he did that, but he'd sort of say, if you're a 50, in your 50s as a mom, if you're in your 60s as a mom, you know, he'd have all the moms stand, and they'd start sitting down. Got to the 70s. I don't know how he did that, but, you know, we'd honor the oldest mother, and she'd get flowers, and then the youngest mother would be honored. Then you'd get everybody standing back up. If, you, if your mother is still alive, stand. If your mother has passed on, stand. And we're all sort of standing at the end and celebrating Mother's Day and feeling good, right? Mother's Day is a wonderful day. It's filled with so many good feelings. But it can be filled with hard feelings too, right? It can be a day of mixed emotions and sometimes very hard and difficult emotions. Maybe we've lost our moms and we're mourning that. Maybe we're estranged from our moms or as moms we're estranged from our children and that tears our hearts apart. Maybe we long to be a mother and we have not been given that privilege. A a couple that I married 20 years ago, back in Knoxville, who were a part of our church plant there as college students and then stayed on as young graduates. She, just a couple of years ago before Mother's Day, posted this on her Facebook page. This post is for all those who look to this Sunday, Mother's Day, with heartache. For those who walk down the card aisle, a rose of flowers, realizing there is no one to send a gift to this year. Or to those sweet women who have longed to be a mom or still hope each month that maybe this will be the month when it happens. Or to those sweet mamas who have endured such heartache to lose a child and miss their sweet voice. I pray that we all know we are loved during this heartache by the one who understands Jesus. She posted that just after losing her mother right before Mother's Day. I, I was texting with a couple of friends on Friday uh, preparing this message, and uh, and and a friend wrote, he wrote to me and another good friend, and he said, guys, I, I need you to pray for me about Mother's Day. You know, I'm estranged from my wife. We're divorced, and there's a lot of distance there, and my own, own mother has really been estranged from me and just sort of sided with my old ex-wife and And the children and, and, you know, these two women who have been these mothers close to me. I'm completely estranged from them. I need you to pray for me. And we prayed together. It can be a hard day. It was a hard day for this woman here in our story. Um, Jesus is with a great crowd. He's coming into this little village of Nain. It's about six miles away in Galilee from where Jesus grew up. Nazareth, and he's coming in with a great crowd around him. He's been doing this amazing teaching in the synagogues and sometimes out on the hillsides, sometimes sitting out in a boat or standing up in a boat with a crowd around the shore, and he's speaking with authority, and the crowds are drawn to him. He's been healing many, and and, and people are just coming in scores and hundreds to be healed by Jesus. And so there's this group that's following after him. His disciples that he's begun to call and, and a whole just giant crowd, right? And he's coming into this little village of Nain and meeting him is another crowd. A crowd coming into a f- funeral procession. A, a crowd following this mom coming out who has lost her only son. And there he is stretched out on the funeral bier. And a crowd is behind her in this funeral procession. And Jesus meets this weeping mom. And he's not concerned about the crowd with him in this moment. He's not concerned about the crowd with her. He stops to deal with her and her tears. I I love what N.T. Wright says, New Testament scholar about, you know, that Jesus is the three-mile-an-hour Savior because He's constantly walking. That's kind of His pace, three miles an hour. But there's even more, right, because He's constantly stopping. And He stops here to deal with this crying mom. Moms, if you're crying today because we actually got the card or the gift right or or you're just feeling thankful over how much the Lord has blessed you. We're so happy we cry tears of joy together with you. But if you're crying because it's difficult, know that Jesus is stopping right now and meeting you right here in this whole crowd of people to weep with you, to be present with you, to care about your tears. You know, um, that's right on cue. That's very good. Um, you know, our elders uh, are reading through a book on emotionally healthy spirituality by Peter Schizero. We work through each of our meetings some time to reflect on that, to beg the Lord to form us more as healthy Christians and as shepherds. And in the chapter this week, Schizero talks about that to love God is to love people. If you want to love God well, you've got to love people well. And to love people well always starts with stopping and being present with them. That to be like Jesus is to just stop and be present. I'm thinking on this Mother's Day of one of Fran's dearest friends who's just gone to be with Jesus about a year ago, Anita Barker Barnes. And Fran always talks about her and even talked around her funeral, uh, around that she had this amazing ability to just be present with you. That Fran would say, when you were with Anita, you were convinced you were the most important person in the world to her. Because you kind of were in that moment. Because she was just totally present with you. That's what Jesus is doing right now, moms, for you and for all of us. And why is the woman weeping? Because death has come crashing into her world. Because, in fact, death has swallowed up her whole world, right? Why do moms cry sad tears? When moms cry sad tears, it's always in some way or another around death, death itself or all of its derivatives, brokenness, pain, suffering, estrangement, difficulty, poverty, loneliness, abandonment for you and your children, right? Moms, you cry because of death, and Jesus knows this. And so here's this woman who's sort of leading this death processional, and Jesus stops to meet her as she's crying around death. Um, Rachel is the great mother of Israel, one of Jacob's two wives, the one he favored, the one he loved, the one who becomes, along with Leah, right? the mother of all the 12 tribes of Israel. And Jeremiah the prophet, reflects back on Rachel. And Jesus even quotes Jeremiah later over in Matthew's Gospel. And they remember Rachel, the great mother in Israel, this way. Rachel is weeping, weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Ironically, Rachel herself died in childbirth, giving birth to her youngest son, Benjamin. But she's remembered for the weeping of sort of death breaking into her family, death coming and touching her children. That's why you weep, moms. That's ultimately why we all weep. It's over death and all of its shadows, all of its expressions. You know, when, when we were growing up, learning to drive like in the 1970s, I remember driver's ed and took that in the summer between my sophomore and junior year of, high school and uh, you know uh, one of the things you learn when you went out on the road was we were taught we we had a whole section on this is that if you see a funeral procession coming with lights on and hearses and policemen you stop for that even if it's a four-lane road you get over over on the other side you get over on the you know other 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 side of the road and, and you just stop and you give way out of respect to the one who has died. Why those kinds of customs? Because there's nothing you can do with death, right? It just plows on, and all we can do is stop and weep. But ironically, right, what does Jesus do here? He stops death's procession. He says, halt to death. And he meets this woman right there, Stopping death in its tracks. That's where the surprise in the story comes in, right? Not just that there's going to be a resurrection in the face of death, but what Jesus says first is almost kind of shocking. What does he say to the woman? Don't cry. What do you mean, don't cry, Jesus? She's already a widow. She's losing everything. You know, she's lost her husband previously. She's lost her only son who dies prematurely here. He's a young man, the text says. She doesn't have anything left to live for functionally in her culture. No family to care for and no family to care for her. No husband, no son to protect her. She's lost everything relationally. She's lost everything socially. She's lost everything economically. Jesus, what do you mean, don't cry? Like, are you the stoic, Jesus? Are you being harsh? Are you being, just like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps? Jesus, this feels very out of place. It's almost shocking that he says, don't cry. It's like saying to a wounded person, stop bleeding, right? But these tears just come. And why is it so beautiful? Why is it the beginning of good news when he says, don't cry? Because as Luke says, it's the Lord who says this moved with compassion for her verse 13 the lord saw her and had compassion for her this is the first time we're six and a half chapters into luke the first time that luke has narrated and called jesus lord it's the first time he sort of said this really is god in flesh what the what the angel prophesied to mary about what the angel sang about on christmas night This really is who he is, the Lord in the flesh. And the first thing that I want you to know about him as God come is that he has compassion on a crying mom in the space of death. What's compassion? It's a simple definition. You're empathetic, right? You have empathy toward people who are suffering around you, plus you were moved to do something about it. It's empathy plus action. That's compassion. And so in a very real sense, as God come in human flesh, Jesus is the only one who can truly be compassionate. We can feel for each other in our sufferings to some extent, but Jesus has come all the way near to be close in our sufferings, and he can do something about it. He can stop death in its tracks. He can say to a dead one, rise up and give him back to his mom. Compassion. You know, when when God revealed himself to Moses, hid him behind that rock, right? Exodus 33, you can't look at me, but I'll let my back go behind you and you can see my back. And God passes, you know, in this great movement before Moses and says what? I am the Lord, the Lord. I am the compassionate one. It's the first thing God says about himself, revealing himself to Moses. Well, this is the first thing that Luke wants you to know about Jesus is he has the compassion of God, the care for us in our sufferings in the space of death, and the power to change it, to do something about it. And so that's why the words, don't cry, become words of blessing, because they have the compassion of God behind them and the hope of resurrection in front of them. It is stunning that God would be compassionate to us around death, to this mom and all of us. Why? Because death is our fault. We brought death into the world. Our first parents, our first dad and mom, said, we want to be our own gods. We want to do our own thing. We don't want to trust the goodness of our father who even loves us like a tender mother, right? We don't want to do that. We want to go our own way, be our own gods. And so they brought death into the world and we brought it with us death is our fault death should be the place that jesus as god come would be the most angry with us and yet is it a place that he is full of compassion for us i sat with my, my little granddaughter gray was here friend took her out to training the pew It'll be interesting to see how that goes uh how she does uh but uh You know, uh, last night we were sitting at the kitchen table and I said, let's draw Grandma Scoop, a Mother's Day card for her. And, And so we did and we were coloring together. It reminded me of all the times I sat coloring with all of my four kids, making Mother's Day cards or birthday cards or things like that. But the thing that always just made me feel as a dad reflecting, one of the spaces where I thought my kids were the most cruel to each other was when like one had colored a nice picture and the other one would look at it and go, eh, that's ugly, and just mark all over it, right? Have your kids ever done that? Or do you ever remember doing that, just marking all over that? It's like, I'm taking the beautiful thing you try to create and just scratching it out. Death is our, what's left in the picture when we as human beings said we want to scratch out God's beauty, scratch out God's creation, scratch out God's glory. And what do kids do like when you do it to them? They go crazy, right? Why are you doing that in my picture? Jesus doesn't do that. He's compassionate. He loves and he says, I'm going to paint an even more beautiful picture here of compassion and resurrection. And out of that compassion, what does Jesus do? The good news is he touches the man and raises him up and he sits up and he begins to speak and Jesus gives him back to his mother. The good news is that Jesus will touch us out of the compassion of God in the spaces of death and raise us up. The touch is big. Cuz Jesus can perform miracles from a distance. You see it all over the place in Luke he, shouts to the lepers from a distance over in chapter 17 and heals them, right? he Just in the chapter 7 beforehand, he's far away from, from a centurion, but the centurion has sent messengers and said, please, I, I know you're a man under authority, and if you just speak the word, my servant will be healed. And Jesus says, I've never seen faith like this. And he heals the centurion's servant from a great distance away right? Hours walk away. Jesus doesn't have to touch this young man, but he does. And in touching him, he not only is communicating, I want to be near you and with you to give you this compassion of God, But he's saying, I'm willing to be unclean with you. To touch a dead body was to be unclean ritually, according to Old Testament law. Jesus touching that beard, touching that coffin, touching that dead body, right, was making himself unclean. He doesn't care. Right? Luke is giving us a picture, a prequel, if you will, of of a more unclean space Jesus would go to. Good Friday on the cross. Holy Saturday in the grave, and then Easter Sunday raised up with still the scars of that crucifixion and grave upon him. Jesus touches us. He's willing to be unclean in every way to lift us up, to raise us. Jesus heals us. Jesus brings resurrection to our most unclean spaces. Just realize this your addictions, your secret spaces of bitterness or wrongful fantasy or hatred, your your places where you feel most alone and most helpless. Jesus wants to come and stop the march today and touch into our lives and raise us up. Jesus is like John Coffey in The Green Mile. Have you seen that movie? Again, I think that's over 20 years old. I hope, sorry, I think I can do spoiler alert 20 years old, right? The Tom Hanks movie, right? Where Tom Hanks is a prison guard and captain of this sort of prison guard. And and prisoners are being kept for potential execution. And they call that The Green Mile. And and this prisoner, John Coffey, is this giant of a man, right? But he has this power, that he can heal. He heals a little mouse that is wounded. He heals prison guards who have these maladies. He heals the warden's wife of a horrible brain tumor, right? And the way that coffee does it is touching these wounded and hurting people and takes their disease into himself. And then he sort of coughs it up and it comes out of him. Jesus touches us in these places the most unclean, the most diseased, the most dead. But he doesn't cough it up. He just takes it in. He swallows the swallower of life. He swallows death. He draws its sting so that death no more reigns to give us his life. Now, what do we do with all this? How do we leave on Mother's Day, Easter on Mother's Day, Easter for moms? Just think, Just think about two things with me. One is, think about that mother and her son. Think about the joy they had leaving this place, yes, but the pain that they had leading up to this moment. That mom must have prayed. She must have heard about the miracles. She maybe even had heard about the raising of the centurion's servant in another town near there, right? And and she must have wondered, would that come to me? And yet... It didn't, right? The son dies. Everything ends for her. And that, that young man, whatever he's feeling on his deathbed, he goes all the way down into death. You may think Jesus doesn't care today because you're still in a place of death because you've prayed and prayed for that addiction to go away, for that estranged relationship to be healed, for, for you to be one with your child. Moms or they to be one with you, right? You've prayed and prayed and prayed and it doesn't happen. Know that Jesus cares. Know that Jesus is weeping with you like he did with Mary and Martha around the death of their beloved Lazarus, their brother Jesus' dearest friend. Jesus has mysterious timing, but he will ultimately raise you up. In this life, to a degree, and in new heavens and new earth completely and fully. Trust Him. Even in your tears, trust Him. Don't give up on Him. Rest in Him. But then think about the crowds. Think about how they left there. Luke says they were in awe. They were in the fear of the Lord. They were in wonder. They said, God is visiting us. They they had to spread the fame. All they could say about Jesus at this point was that a great prophet has come back. Somebody like Elijah and Elisha who could raise the dead, right? Could lift little boys up who had died, right? And give them back to their mothers. We had stories about that, of both of these great prophets. To call him a prophet was the best they could do at this time, right? But what they didn't realize is they didn't yet know the fullness that he is not just a great prophet. He is the Lord come to bring the compassion of God. We know this, so let's spread his fame. They spread his fame throughout the whole region. Let's spread his fame. I love that this is a packed sanctuary today. It does a preacher's heart good. I, I'm thankful you're here. What did it was every Sunday? What did it was this place is overflowing? This church and all the others in this city and all over, right? Because we are spreading the fame of the resurrection, compassion, and power of Jesus to stop death in its tracks. Moms are good at collecting stories. Mom, lead, moms lead us in collecting stories of the resurrection love of Jesus and sharing it with our world. Let's go and let's share his fame. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for this Easter story for mom's And for all of us, Jesus, thank you that you are such a personal Savior who comes to us in our personal spaces of need. Would you come to each one of us today, wherever we are, and would you stop death in its tracks? And would you raise us up? For those yet to believe, give them new faith in you. For those who need to come back to you, Lord, Bring them back for those of us who need to be overwhelmed in a fresh way by the wonder and fame of your name. Lord, give us this. Touch us. Change us. Change our community. Change our world. We pray it all, Lord Jesus, in your name. Amen.